Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT. Because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes and guises. From the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer. Which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster, and it certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest Wi-Fi access for customers. BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back. Hello and welcome to the Red Box Politics Podcast in the Times. I'm Matt Chorley. So Parliament is back, sort of. We speak to Sir Lindsay Hoyle, the common speaker, about plans to take Parliament crashing into the 21st century as it goes fully digital. And MPs are told to stay away, but make sure they dress up when they appear on camera. Before we get down to that, though, very excitingly, we are organising a Times Plus event. And it's happening in your house. Well, actually, it's happening in my house. I'm hosting a lockdown lock-in virtual family quiz this Thursday night, April the 23rd, uh, from 6.30. Time subscribers just need to go to mytimesplus.co.uk. It's free, uh, but it's only open to time subscribers. You just need to register there. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have already signed up, but there is still time if you want to get a place. Go to mytimesplus.co.uk and register, and you'll hopefully see me in my kitchen on Thursday night asking you some fiendishly difficult quiz questions. Also, thank you to all of you who've got in touch over the past couple of weeks. Lovely comments about the podcast, in particular the language of the lockdown. I think lots of you found, particularly what Julia Samuel uh, was talking about, how we're all coping at the moment, are particularly helpful. Uh, If you do enjoy the podcast, as I've said it before, but it does help a huge amount, do post a review on iTunes uh, or tweet about us uh, at Times Red Box. Now then, down to this week's episode. The House of Commons hasn't sat for a month. It returns this week, but only briefly in its usual form, to agree some new sitting rules, which will see almost all MPs appearing remotely. So who better to explain what on earth is going on than the common speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle? And yes, we did do it down the line. And yes, there were some glitches on the internet, which probably doesn't bode terribly well for how Parliament's Wi-Fi might cope when 200 MPs are trying to dial in. But anyway, this is Lindsay Hoyle. I suppose I should start by asking... Where are you? Well, at the moment, I'm, I'm I'm not in a virtual place. I'm actually in the House of Commons. I'm in my office. I'm getting ready. But what I've got is the big trial this afternoon, our virtual trial. We're going to get the chamber set up. We're going to be doing the recording. We're going to have staff members who are at home 
being MPs, so they'll be role-playing, and everybody seems to want to join in on the role-playing. So much so that I've even asked the Leader of the House to play the Secretary of State. So this could be his big chance for promotion today. <laughs> Jacob Rees-Mogg getting his, his moment of the limelight. So just explain <laughs> then, when people tune in to PMQs or ministerial questions in the Commons this week, what will they see and how different will it be to what we see normally? Well, it, that's a really good question because what we're trying to say is if an MP is in the chamber or an MP is working remotely, it should be the same. So we can't take points of order. They can't stand up because they won't get taken. The only people that will get taken who are in the chamber is the ones that are on my list. So it will be to ask a question. Or otherwise, you won't know they were there because we're not going to have the wide-handled lens of the chamber far from it. So we want to make sure that there is no advantage in being in the chamber, you know, because we don't want people saying, oh, well, he was there or she was there and I wasn't there. Or otherwise, we'll end up with everybody wanting to be there. So what it is, it's about treating equally and fairly. For those who wish to ask the question in the chamber, and they're on my list, they will get that chance. Otherwise, we'll be bouncing, we'll be ping-ponging, mainly virtual, from government side to opposition, opposition back to government, and that's the way it will go. And we will also have opposition questions in the same way. And the only other guarantee I'm going to put into this is having the select committee chairs, that they will also have a question relevant to the question that there is select committee chair to. And so in the Commons Chamber, instead of having dozens, maybe hundreds of people packing into the benches, we'll see you you still in your speaker's chair? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be in the speaker's chair. We'll have the mace as well in the room, which I think matters to show the House is sitting. And then to my left is normally the speaker's secretary. Uh, Helen is to the side of me, but she'll be two metres away. She'll have to sit on the bench as though she's an opposition whip. So she'll be operating from there. She'll also have the headphones that will connect through to the studio. And she's basically my eyes and ears to who's online and who is coming next. So she's really got the job of knowing whether if I'm on question seven to make sure question eight's lined up, ready to go. But if question eight wasn't there, she will be the one that will say no question eight. So I'll then move straight to question nine. So we've got a lot of trial and error. And I think we'll have quite a bit of error before we get it absolutely working right. We've got the clock inside of me to the right of me, where normally they're directly in front. We've measured that. That's two metres as well. You've got the Secretary of State, Opposition, Shadow Secretary of State, and maybe a whip each, and hopefully very few MPs. I really hope MPs will stay away and we won't have many. So what we will have is maybe an MP asking a question within the chamber, and then we'll go to somebody who's asking it virtual. So we've got a real mix there between us, and hopefully we can get there. It's it's going to be a challenge, but I know the House will make it. And I realise just too much effort has gone into making this happen. There really has. Our broadcasting team has worked absolutely round the clock to make this happen. I didn't think it was possible. They've made it possible, and I cannot thank them enough. You know, they really have worked hard on this. This is a real challenge for us. And connecting people from all parts of the United Kingdom is going to be something else. But at the moment, we're building up for it. We'll be hoping to go on Wednesday, and I think the first slot will be the Welsh questions followed by Prime Ministers. And that, that, that in itself is going to be a real interesting time and a real challenge for the House. But this is all subject to agreement tomorrow. How important is it for you that 
Parliament is playing a part in, you know, what is such a, an enormous political, social, economic event, if you like. You know, all the scrutiny of the government so far has been done via journalists at the Downing Street press conferences. So how important was it for you to, to get this up and running and, and to allow MPs to grill ministers as well? I think it's so important, isn't it? And you're quite right. Those press conferences have been going well. But in fairness, the press aren't the elected members that's meant to hold the government to account. No, we're much it more is. important than that, Lindsay. <laughs> I, I, I realised, I thought Laura Coonsberg was actually the leader of the opposition, you know. <laughs> what I would say is that, you know, it's great seeing these journalists bobbing up, but my view is that actually Parliament's job is to scrutinise the government. So it was so important to me to get the House bike, get MPs challenging Secretary of State, challenging what will be Prime Minister's, uh, maybe Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary. But it is about MPs making sure that they are asking the question on behalf of their constituents. That's what a democracy is about. The fact is that the press have had this wonderful interaction, but it has left the politicians on the outside. So it is now time for politicians to take the job they're elected to. So that's why it was so important to me to get the House back, to get the House operational. But even though it's virtual, the fact is there is still a challenge. That challenge is being laid down. And obviously we're into really interesting times, aren't we? The first time that we will see the newly elected leader of the opposition coming forward, um, he will begin his run out. He will want to get around that track as well. So it is quite interesting time. And it really is it's a challenge that quite rightly needs to be put forward. Because in the end, what we have seen is politicians actually working to, together to get the best for the country. But at the same time, Difficult questions still got to be asked. And quite rightly, we've been hearing from the leader of the opposition, what is the exit strategy? What are you putting forward? Well, that's great through a newspaper, but actually it should be done via the House of Commons chamber. And you're quite keen that, although there is provision for MPs to come in and sit on the green bench if you want to, you're basically telling them to stay away. My, my advice is, please stay away. I don't want to risk their health, and I certainly don't want to re- risk the health of the staff that work in the Commons as well. And I think the, the, the lower the numbers, the better it is and the less staff we have to have on site as well. Because one reflects the other, that if you, the more members you have, the more staff you're going to have to back that up to serve the House. So hopefully the, the more members that will work online, the better it will be. And Because in the end, I don't want to risk staff and I don't want to risk members. You know, they've got to go back to the families. So the more we can be safe, the more we can isolate, but holding quite rightly, that the Commons will be operational in a completely different way. This is groundbreaking. We are making history. The good thing is that at least the House will be sitting in the new form. That is what matters to me. And, Lindsay, how do you expect MPs to behave? I mean, obviously, there are certain things that MPs do. They bob up and down to catch your eye. They sometimes make some strange noises. Do you expect hear-hears and waving of order papers from people's spare rooms <laughs> and kitchen tables? I think they'll have to be virtual order papers. They won't have them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, th- I think what we will have, we will be only going to them. So actually, I won't see them. I'll bring them online. So so there's no benefit in that sense. You know, it's the issue of making sure there is no advantage to ones in the chamber. So I won't be taking points of order. Absolutely not they will be treated in the same way as the MP that's online. And that's what it was about. It was about ensuring that neither, whether you're in the House or whether you're virtual, there is an advantage to it. It will be treated very equally. The thing that will be interesting is, as as we do progress, we want to increase the numbers. Obviously, we're starting off with a base of about 120. Then we'll build that up. And hopefully, we'll be able to, you know, get 400 members 
that will be what once we go into the real business of the house, we've got that build up. And it's a starting point that, I, that I'm at now. So it's making sure that those in the chambers, and I can't stress this enough, will have no advantage to, to those that are online. And it will be building that up and working with members in the equal way. But you're right, there will be no punch of order. And waving of order papers isn't going to happen either. And in the end, I certainly will have blinkers on. No hear-hears or farmyard noises or anything like that. It's going to be a very different wave. I can't be sure of that because I'm sure that one or two MPs do live on the farm, so we might literally have. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting the day I was doing the commission and the cat decided to walk in. I'd shut the door and it came through the window and it wanted to talk at the commission. And, and I'm, I'm basically around the screen watching and this cat's trying to jump on top of the laptop. I'm trying to lift it off and it's talking all the way through. You know, and it, it really does shout the cat. So I can see that we're going to have some interesting... Uh, noises, background images, maybe kids walking in. It was quite funny with Annalise Dodds when she was on TV the other day. Uh, one of her children walked in. Well, that's life, isn't it? You know, we, we've got to, to make sure that we can do the best. The other thing is that, you know, does the dress code apply for online? Yes. It's about using the rules and the courtesies of the House will be extended to the virtual parliament. And, of course, what I say is, please, think what's behind you. Think what's on your bookshelf. Think what what else will be picked up in this shop because I think I think quite rightly the journalists will be having to feel it. Oh, that member's reading this. You can see a lot of interest coming out. Oh, look at that member's house. You know, you know that we just have the same backdrop rather than focusing on people's kitchens, gardens. It'll be interesting to see where people actually do it from. Will it be the study if they've got one? Will it, will it be the dining room? Will it be the garden? Or will it, will, you know, and that's the thing, isn't it? It'll be interesting to see where members will want to want to do this from. But it is about trying to keep the same courtesies online as in the house. So in terms of dress code, given that, you know, the the the, the rules of, of home <laughs> video conferencing quite often mean, you know, pyjama bottoms on and maybe a fleece on top, you're saying that actually you want to see a, a, a suit and tie? Well, not saying the tie. We've, we've, we've relaxed a little bit on the tie. But I would expect people to, you know, think about the dress code because don't forget, we are showing the image, not only of Parliament, that's going out across the world as well for those people who want to watch it. So I think it's about having the right image and trying to ensure that we have the same dress code. And, and I noticed Michael Fabrigan said the other day, he'd asked his constituents, what should I wear? Should I wear pink shorts? And they've all come back and said pink shorts. And I'm thinking... Michael, I really don't want you in pink shorts asking your question. It's one that, you know, how one would keep one's face straight would be a, re- a real difficulty I and mean, it would leave a lot to the imagination. So my view is that if we stick to the same dress code, that will be very helpful. And, of course, at this stage, it's just questions and statements. Is there any thought being given to how any legislation might be passed or is it... Is the view that, we're, you know, the, the national crisis being what it is, that the government's not really in the business of trying to pass legislation at the moment? No, I, I, th- I think in fairness, we've got to get this week over. This is a good testing bed, bed for us. Once we've got this out of the way, that will be questions and statements. As we know, on Wednesday, we're expecting a statement from the Secretary of State for Health. Then on Monday, we're expecting another statement from the Chancellor of the Exchequer. And then we're looking forward to seeing some legislation. We're going to get into the right place on legislation the government will... I understand it, want to get underway with the finance bill. We're hoping to get that started as soon as we can. And we're going to work on making sure that the, the real business of the House, don't get wrong, questions really matter, statements really matter, but also legislation that people can scrutinise. Our finance bill will be, will be a part of that. So we'll start with the finance bill 
and I would expect the government to be coming forward as well with the immigration bill. And I, I think the government's got lots of work, uh, trade bill. You, you, you know, you really look at the, the backlog of work that still needs to be done. And that's why it's about getting the technology right from the beginning, beginning to move forward with that technology. We get that technology operational this week. We build and build and build. And then we will, we will see so much more work going through the house and we'll see the extended hours to the house working longer. You know, we're going to be quite short at the beginning and we will be up and running on three days a week and we will take it from there. But it's going to be an exciting time. It's going to be difficult and people are going to have to bear with it. But at least the one thing I've always said is House of Commons is operational. Scrutiny will take place. Government will be held to account. And I think that's so important to democracy of this country. And so how would a vote on legislation work? Have it been thought given to that? Is it a sort of X Factor style app where MPs can vote remotely? Well, I, I noticed that uh, it was saying in one of the columns that, that virtual voting had been trialled, that it was, are Jaffa Cakes? No. Interesting question for your first vote. <laughs> I'm not sure the members will be doing that, but that just shows you how the clerks think, that obviously Jaffa Cakes must be the order of the day for the clerks. What I would say is trials have taken place. We're not in a position to say what we will be using as yet, but what I do know is that we have some technology that we believe will work. Those discussions are taking place and obviously trials will begin to take place. But I think at the moment what we will see is the usual channels, as we call them, that the WHIPS office will be working very closely to see if we can avoid votes. And at some point, like everything, there will be a, uh, some differences. And when we get to those differences and that people want the vote, we will have to be in that position to ensure that vote could go ahead. Just finally, what's the sort of sense of how long this might go on for? And some people might say, well, you know, why, if Parliament can operate like this remotely, and lots of other businesses are finding this as well, why would we go back to the, the scenes of hundreds of people trying to squeeze their bums onto cramped seats and making daft noises and all of that? Is there a worry that, that Parliament <laughs> might never be the same again? Well, I'm not sure we've got around the daft noises yet, so we'll have to put <laughs> that one in mind. But, but absolutely, I, I think the, the main thing is that people elect their Member of Parliament to serve in the House of Commons, to sit on those green benches. The thing that you, you've got of doing the green benches is that you can see who wants to speak, you can see who wants to stand, you can take the bunch of odds. You can do all the things that holds the government to account. And that's the big difference. And that's the shows the country when the House of Commons is getting back we show the country's getting back as well. And I think it's about leadership. I really do believe in the chamber. I think the power of the chamber is so important. The fact that debate matters, the fact that you can you can have questions, you can have supplementary questions, you can have people actually challenging all the way through. You know, you can have points of order. All that is lost. So actually, the sooner we can get back, the sooner we can get back to real scrutiny. This is part of that journey of something different. But in the end, it will never make up for the chamber sitting. The chamber is the real place I want to be. You know, people elect that person to go to London to serve the constituency. The fact is that somehow that they think that they might be sunning in the garden and asking the odd question. I don't think the public want that for it. <laughs> Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. 
From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Any idea at all of when we might be back to normal in Parliament? Not at the moment, I think. And I'll be quite honest. I don't want to rush into doing anything that would make things worse. What I want to do is make sure that we can go forward and we'll always look for Public Health England to give the advice. If they say to me, the time is now safe, that is the time to do it. Until they give us that. I don't want, and it's not hiding behind anything, because in the end, as much as MPs matter, staff of the House of Commons matter as well. And it's about looking after both parties and putting no one at risk. So as I say, it will always be on the professional advice for this House to come back. Terrific stuff. Now, you mentioned your cat there appearing when you were at home. What's the, what's the name of that cat? Because you've got quite the menagerie. Of- we have indeed. That's that's Patrick. He's a main coom. He's a bit of a big lad, so he's a, he's bossy. In fact, he's down at the moment. He's he's He came down to London yesterday in the car. I think he entertains people when he's uh, when it when he well first of all when he's around here people are quite amazed when he comes in the office he has a calming effect he does he's done quite well he's had a couple of mice while he's been here so he's earning his keep that's the other reason I bring him I'm not that keen on mice so I'll let Patrick take care of them for me so he he, he does his job that's you delivering on a promise because the last time we spoke to you on the podcast you said you wanted cats in parliament to catch the mice and so there there it is who's patrick na- <laughs> who's, who's patrick named after because aren't all of your your uh, various pets named after politicians he's a very posh cat and we used to have a very posh mp who's now in the lords lord mccormack oh of course yeah and, uh, <laughs> and therefore you know he, 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 he fits in very well and he plays this grand role you know he's a uh, as I say, he's a main coom, so he's a big cat, fluffy. You know, he's a good-looking boy. I've got to say that, and he certainly challenges the rest of the household. He thinks he's the boss. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, I think as we've discussed before, I am more of a um, dog person, but I'm glad that you've delivered on your but promise. The dog's going to come down. Myself and Quentin, let's have something in common. We both have Patterdale terriers. And what's yours called? Remind us. Betty, after the ex-speaker, of course, because she's so bossy. <laughs> Bites your ankles. Have you got any uh, pets named after John Burko yet? Um, I only name it after politicians. After <laughs> serving at the moment. We're serving. Nah, it, I think the best one is the tortoise called Maggie. She's, she's, a, she's a three stone in weight, so she's a big tortoise, but the advantage of being called Maggie, first of all, she's not for turning because when she walks, she just walks through whatever's in her way. And she's got a hard shell. So, Lindsay Hoyle there, my huge thanks to him for explaining what is going on. Join me on the podcast later this week when Esther Webber and I will take a look at how well the virtual parliament has worked. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Acast, Spotify or wherever you listen and sign up to my morning email at thetimes.co.uk forward slash redbox. But for now, for me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye. <laughs>